Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello and uh, welcome to the segment on CIO Talk Network. To learn more about, please visit uh, ciotalknetwork.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter. And look for this show as hashtag Chief Data Officer. And chief and, and another hashtag is Data Management, which is Data MGMT. Today's topic is State of the Chief Data Officer. And I've got four guests today. It's quite a popular topic. Uh, the first guest I have is Alison Say Graves, who's the Chief Data Officer with M&T Bank. Hey, Alison, how are you? Good. Thank you for having me. I look forward to this discussion. Same here. And we also have Kara Deli, Chief Data Officer with Bank of the West. Hi, Kara. How are you doing? Uh, good. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. We have Stuart Gardos, Chief Data Officer, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. And how are you, Stu? I'm doing great. So glad to be here this morning. Thanks for having me. And finally, Sankar Bala, Flagstar Bank, Troy Center, Michigan. How are you, sir? Very good. Very good. Thanks for inviting me. Great. So, so I've got four rock star CDOs uh, at the table today. And what we wanted to talk about is essentially the journey that you've had in the past. Uh, we started a number of years ago. We said, okay, chief data officer is needed, and there's so much data floating around and more coming. How would we do that? So we basically created this role. We started working with the organizations to see if we can create a need for a CDO to come in there. And then when the CDOs do arrive, how do they get the necessary support for them to really make a difference, leveraging the data which is within the organization? So all that happened over the next few last few years, and then we wanted to see if the the, the learning that has happened is it really uh, helping every organization which has used a CDO has really taken it to the next level, whatever the value that they were promising. So we wanted to do this hindsight twenty twenty learning. That said, the first question that I have that is for you, Allison. When we are always looking at the chief data officer, we should know that this this individual role did not exist in the past, and now we wanted them to make an impact. Would you say that when we use the word data and the CDO, is the ownership lying with the chief data officer, or they are just going to be the custodians, the stewards, or, or what would they be doing? So the model that we've implemented is that I'm really the custodian and uh, enabler. In a sense, we have a hub-and-spoke model. So uh, in the past, we didn't have defined ownership for data, and I think that was a lot of the problems that many companies faced. And so the chief data officer position, I think, was created to kind of galvanize the organization around data and have there be one central point who could help the organization um, figure out how they're going to you know, deal with data. So what we've done is we've established an ownership, um, an ownership framework where we've taken different business lines and assigned the ownership of data out to the respective business lines. So I work in a hub-and-spoke model with those business lines um, to set central policies, frameworks, um, and so forth. But the business lines are responsible for the data, and they work in concert with us. So I, th- I think that's a fairly standard model. I think that's fairly standard standard practice now in the industry. Um, so I'd be interested to hear from some of my colleagues to see if that's how they've uh, organized uh, their data. So Kara, would you have any thoughts on this? Uh, yes, we have a very similar model uh, here at Bank of the West. So our data organization has come through the regulatory initiatives focusing on finance, risk, and treasury. Now, it doesn't mean to say that our lines of business are not very involved. They are very involved. We are developing that ownership model, that framework that Allison mentioned. And I think one of the things that we have uh, strived to do 
is encourage that engagement with the line of business, having them understand, you know, what does this stewardship really mean? What does it mean when I own data and when I when I certify? So I think we're we're along the same lines, Allison, uh, in terms of you know developing that ownership framework, having the stewardship and the data ownership within the lines of business. It's still evolving for us at Bank of the West, but I think we're on the right track. Stu, so based on the responses from both Allison and Kara, so there is there is a flavor of ownership and or stewardship that exists or being a custodian. Now, traditionally, the data always belonged to the business unit where it came from. And, and logically, if I was to sit outside, objectively look at it, it is the business data. This individual and their team are essentially coming in saying, okay, let us help make sense of that data. Is that where you would say the CDO's role should fall after all these number of years or whatever you've done with it? So this is Allison. I, I would say that um, while the business may have owned the data, they didn't necessarily have um, a framework. They didn't exactly have necessarily, and this may be different in different companies, but um, they didn't necessarily have uh, consistent practices to what ownership actually means. So we've now defined in very specific terms what does it mean to own data. There's certain care and feeding and governance that's required, measuring of quality that's now done, in consistent ways across our entire enterprise, you know, versus having people own things and treat them in, in different ways across different silos. So I think while ownership may have um, occurred in organizations at the business unit level, I think the value that a CDO brings is, is bringing a, a framework of capabilities uh, to enable the organization to manage data in a standard way. So, Stu, the question for you would be is, I, as a business unit leader, want to own it. And then there is another business unit leader who would say, I own certain amount of data. There is a cross-pollination, or I would rather there's some commonality, some workflow data that's also getting generated. Then that is not owned by any individual business unit per se. So where are you coming? Where, where, where are you saying, okay, this is yours, this is yours, and this is what I'm going to handle? It's a, it's a great question and stuff that we've been thinking about for a, for a long time. Uh, two decades ago, we decided that we needed to integrate and unite all of our data sets um, into, one, in, into one EDW. And long ago, we established the concept of data custodians. Um, so you would have a subject matter expert, a custodian of pathology data or surgery data. And there is a sense of ownership from the, those departments that, yes, this is our data. And what we've been able to succeed at MSK is... We, we, have, we have been able to sell the idea that we need to integrate all the data and where I've come in and really where my role has evolved as a CDO is to, is to say, look, we will govern the data, we will curate the data, we will only pr provide data sets in, in which we have authorizations and, you know, gone through all the custodianship, governorship. And um, what we ended up doing is we've convinced each of the subject matter experts that, look, all the data really doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the enterprise. And as the CDO and my team, we're able to curate that information and to deliver it and to, and to integrate it. And there's a, there's a lot of power in terms of having the data all integrated into one world. And uh, it's, you know, it's been a long journey. You know, it's a subject matter by subject matter type of journey. Um, but we've been able to convince, um, you know, across the enterprise that really it's not an ownership of the data per department, but it's really an enterprise uh, solution that we're trying to solve. And we've gotten buy-in from, you know, pretty much all the departments we've been, we've, been, we've been working with throughout the years. Sankar, when I come to you, I have this question about all the, the cumulative, uh, you know, the thoughts that have been shared by the three other guests. We talk about ownership. Ownership could mean that if I own it, I will do whatever I want to do with it. I would like to interpret the way I believe it should be interpreted. If we are bringing chief data officer, is, is the CDO getting the opportunity to fundamentally rethink what should the ownership be like and how the data which is being shared should be interpreted? Um, no, it's not the CDO's responsibility. The, the linchpin of data management and, and the key responsibility of the uh, chief data officer is data governance. 
you know, ensure that all the data is governed and the data quality is ensured. Uh, the data governance um, piece can be um, handled by um, categorizing the data and prioritizing. You know, what is the critical data for the enterprise? Uh, collect this set of data that is agreed by the whole uh, you know, enterprise and then assign for each individual date, critical data element who is going to be the data owner. Who's going to be the, which business unit is going to own it? Who's going to be the data steward? Um, who are the consumers of the data? If you establish this traceability and lineage, then you can very easily arbitrate any case and answer any question. So if you have a corporate data dictionary and it says, hey, unpaid principal balance is defined as, and here is the origination unit, the business loan origination unit is the owner of that particular uh, data definition. Um, and then here is finance and risk. Those are the main consumers of this data. Then you have established the traceability, the ownership, uh, and then you have also introduced the consumer and the producer of the data. That is how we have tackled uh, here at Flagstar um, how we do that. Let's take a quick break, listeners. When we come back, let's look at the overall organization's data infrastructure and the governance that was uh, taken on by the CTO and how have you rethought what it should look like? Because there was some legacy information available. There was a data infrastructure somehow, you know, a duct tape and shoestring type, if that's what it was. What changes do you think because of the, the introduction of CDO in an organization, what incremental improvement or for, the, or for that matter, a revamp that has been created to justify, yes, we need a CDO not only for now, but going forward. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Kara, if you were to, uh, suppose, whenever you came to this organization, and, and this is, I'm talking about your organization first, right. and maybe you can take example for other organizations where you've seen CDOs coming in. What mm -hmm. did you see was the state of the organizational's data infrastructure and the way they were governing data versus the changes with your coming in, bringing your team along has uh, brought about? So that we can say, okay, this is where the difference comes. Okay, great. You know, when I joined Bank of the West, and, I, and I've been here for almost two years now, data architecture was uh, starting to become a focal point. Uh, you know, we had, a, we had a, a finance data warehouse, and we were starting to think about how were we going to uh, enable that for the enterprise. So, you know, my role coming in was very focused on regulatory activities, which meant we needed to acquire and source large volumes of 
data. We needed to understand the quality of that data, the lineage. And so we embarked not only on a data governance journey, but also on building out a more enterprise data asset. And so, you know, I think from the organizational perspective, one of the the things that we brought to the table in partnership with IT, and I know this is the CIO Talk Network, is we really developed a team that worked very closely with technology. So uh, within our organization and, and kind of the data management arm of my group, we have these uh, folks that have this special skill set where they understand the system architecture coming from loan origination platforms, loan servicing platforms, but they also understand how commercial loans need to be treated. And that skill set partnered with the technology professional that's building, say, ETL or, or building out capabilities within the EDW, I think that was something that was very special and, and, and you know, it always comes down to people, right? So I think that's, that's one of the things that our organization brought to the table. Secondly, I think what we also did is we started to enable more fluid data governance, meaning as we're building out this capability within our enterprise data warehouse for these regulatory initiatives, we were also standing up this governance organization that was looking at how these teams were working together, this IT and, and data team was working together in these, these small groups. And and governing that and ensuring that the lines of business had a say in how we were mapping this information within the EDW. So I think, you know, to, to summarize, coming back, some of the, you know, two of the main critical points in, in which I think are successes for us um, from a, a CDO, from a chief data officer per point of view was, we enabled that uh, team building between IT and data for that data management, that data sourcing activity, plus we started to build out those data governance activities, ensuring that there was connection between the two. Stuart, uh, if you were to look at the ramp-up time that's needed for the CDO and their team to understand how the business works, what's the workflow like? which essentially is understood by the CIO's organization, but then now you're coming in and in order for you to make sense of the data, rethink how it can be utilized, you got to acquire all that knowledge. So do you get a download from the CIO's group or you say, you know what, we need a fresh perspective on what it is so that we don't make the same mistakes that may have been made in the past. And if you do say this, you have a long ramp up time. Does the organization have that patience, that much of patience before you can show results? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think we're a little unique at MSK. Um, I actually report to the CIO myself, so I have worked side-by-side -side with the CIO for a decade, and um, it was a collaboration between CIO and COO and, and execs in which the CDO uh, position became to be at MSK. So we've been very tightly coupled with information systems. Um, my team my team is very data-centric. We have a, a group of data heads who have over the years learned the enterprise-wide data world, um, but we also have a combination of um, being tech-savvy. So we have a very, you know, obviously because we report to the CIO, uh, we, we're talking to the server admins, and we're, we're, we're probably more technical than most other CDO teams, but we wear a couple of hats there. We've got the data expertise, and we've got the, the technical expertise within MSK. And what we've, what we've been able to try to do um, from a, a really from a challenge perspective is we have a lot of other groups across the enterprise who are building many data groups, many IT groups. And I think because we're centrally located in information systems, which is how MSK is structured, we've been able to bring everybody together in a community feel um, with a collaborative feel. And I think it's just, again, unique to, to most CDOs that, um, that are out there today. But it's, it's something to ponder, though, for other, for other organizations who are considering going to the CDO direction because there's a tight, there's a tight coupling between technology and data, and, and having those two linked is very important, as, as you're saying, because I would think, you know, and the other, the other panelists can speak to it, bringing in a CDO who's not working with a CDO might have that longer ramp-up time. So our ramp-up time sort of evolved over the years, but it, it really, once, once the CDO position was established, 
um, there really it, there was really no hiccups in terms of of, of taking a big step back and, and rethinking things. We've been really evolving this way over over the years. So, Stu, your response uh, is is great. Now, coming to you, Sankar, if you were to look at most CD organizations or or the chief data officer when they are brought in. It's very, very, um, you know, um, it's two cases very unique because most places they say, oh, CDO cannot be, you know, reporting to the CIO because then their exposure to what data is floating around and what other value they can bring would be grossly undermined. And then if you don't do it, then you don't have, then, then you have a very long ramp up time. So how do you eat the cake and have it too, Sankar? Okay. Um, so the where should the CDO sit in the organization? That's what it boils down to, right? Um, I have seen the CDO role reporting to the chief risk officer, to the chief operating officer, and then now, in my case, I, I am reporting to the CIO, uh, just like what Stu said. Um, I think it does not matter. Uh, what matters is communication. Are you communicating with your information technology peers um, in the right way? And are you uh, communicating with your business customers, the line of business uh, executives, uh, at the same time? The the CDOs are kind of the business uh, liaison to the technology teams. And you you have to be joined at the hip with the CIO organization. And at the same time, you should be responsive to the business unit's needs and balancing the long-term delivery with the short-term low-hanging fruits. When you talk with the business units, you realize that there are things that you can quickly do using the information technology organization to get business benefits. You should be listening for those frequencies. And then at the same time, you need to have a good strategy, a data strategy that includes people, uh, processes, and technology. If you have this, I think the, um, you know, the point uh, about whether you have to be in the uh, business units, should, it, should you be in the CIO's organization, is a moot point if you do these things right. Okay, Sankar, I take that and go back to Allison. So, Allison, you, you've joined the organization in this current role, I'd say around a year ago. Yeah. Um, and, and so, what, what have you been doing? Have you been, you know, uh, building relationships in order for you to get the ramp up, necessary time for the ramp up? How are you fixing the issues that I raised in this questions related to relationship with CIO or working with the CIO to get the necessary ramp up time? So it's interesting because I've been with M&T for a number of years and um, I know there was an interest in having somebody take this position and I think there was some debate about, oh, should we hire a technical person from the outside that brings in external skills? And I think what was recognized is that this in effect is a change management role. It's about changing the culture to think about data in new ways educating leadership, educating the businesses about, about data and, you know, why they need to care about lineage, why they need to care about data quality and, and what capabilities we need to create. So, um, so I think I was, I was welcomed into this role because, uh, first of all, I was known in the organization as somebody who had led change initiatives before. And, um, I, I've, I, I think one of the most critical things for a, a CDO is to be a good communicator to make everything real, to make it very business focused, and to um, communicate in such a way that um, it's, you know, you hear a lot about data is storytelling. You know, why should the business care? You know, give them examples of data quality that will surprise them. Profile some of their data, show it to them, and say, did you realize that, you know, we have birth dates that are wrong, you know, on some of our systems? Uh, and you quickly get their attention. So, um, you know, I think that um, 
putting somebody in, in the role, there's different perspectives on this, but um, in some organizations, I think it's effective to put somebody in the role who's really more of a change agent and can help um, really galvanize the organization around data and, and educate them. That's really the role that I've been taking, and I think that that's been successful in our culture. Um, people really get it. They understand the value, um, and we've delivered some um, quick wins in terms of identifying some uh, data quality issues that we've been able to resolve and put in a, uh, we've developed a roadmap over the next 18 to 24 months, but it's got clear deliverables, you know, through the life cycle of that roadmap. So people don't have to wait until, you know, the end of the rainbow for something to be delivered. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back after these messages. And Kara, I'd like to present a scenario that happened with the CIOs in many cases where they said they have a four-year or less type of a tenure in a company, and it's not that they are the ones who like to defect very quickly. It's just that the amount of time it takes for you to come in, understand what the needs are, see that there is a mess or less of a mess, and fix that, and then once you're done, you're bored, and you move on. Now, what's going to happen with the CDO? Because if you say that you have a problem with data, when you come in, of course, it's not going to be perfect. Or maybe they have not even thought about a data strategy, et cetera. So you come in there, you, you, you kind of learn the business, you, you build a team, become the custodian for a little while, clean it up. But then what? Is this something, a role which should be long-term or should people should be handing over the baton to someone else because they would be done cleaning up? Or there is something else which is not clear? in terms of how much effort it's needed up front and then how much on a regular basis for the organization to truly harness the data. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoe Gall. Now, back to the show. Kara, so four year or less tenure or maybe longer, but if you come in almost wearing a consultant's hat, bringing a team along or building a team, fixing whatever problems you have, then you could be bored. What, what does the, the tenure of a typical CDO look like and what are they supposed to do and what time should they think that, okay, either they move to a bigger or different role within the organization so that everyone who's there in that particular uh, position is able to incrementally create value or maybe CDO comes, does the job, and then there is no CDO role because whatever you have to do is done. That's an interesting question. You know, from... What I've experienced at Bank of the West and from prior roles that I've had, you know, I look at the role regardless of CDO or what have you, and I see a journey ahead of, ahead of myself. And I say, okay, what, what are we going to make of this? And so from a CDO perspective, I think a lot of us have been placed in these roles because there was a specific set of needs by the enterprise, by the business, uh, sometimes to partner better with technology, sometimes to, you know, enable better governance. And I really think that in the first maybe year or year 18 months of the role, you're really in there potentially rescuing a situation, building out, you know, a roadmap, making sure that you're doing a, a benchmarking of, of where your capabilities currently stand, and then where do you want to go? I think it's important that that CDO shows that measurable progress, saying I'm going to work on th- these particular priorities that are a benefit to the business, and then really develop that roadmap. Now, to get to your question around four years, 
I think that the CDO role can be a sustainable long-term role, but it's what that CDO makes of that role. So we want to ensure that, one, you're rescuing the situation. There was absolutely a need to put a CDO in place. Then it's about building out those data capabilities. I think data analytics and business intelligence is an area where the the data officer can really champion self-service, all of that, and then also talk more, you know, enable more data governance. I think that is an area where you're going to have a longer-term roadmap. But then get to the point, and I think that's where the industry is going, is get to the deriving value out of the data that you're governing and managing for the institution and really saying, okay, data is an asset. It's a strategic asset. We can make better decisions off of it. How do we service our customer better? Can we get a 360 view of the customer? And I think that, you know, going from I'm rescuing a situation, I'm building out these immediate need capabilities to building out more strategic plans around, you know, servicing your customers better, understanding your customers better, knowing how a prospect can become a customer, and really helping the, the sales and marketing side of the house, I think that can give you a longer, a longer term runway. Now, it's not to say that we don't have succession plans for our CDOs. I think that there, there's plenty of runway for that CDO to go into different areas, but I also think it can be a long-term position on an institution. Stu, if I were to say the CDO's team and the CDO themselves, they are a cost or a cost of doing business. And if we are saying we want to be cost of doing business, that means anything that we do, yes, initially cleanup may be important, but then eventually it should turn out to be something which will get us the revenue or the top line growth, or it should create some sort of a competitive advantage. Is that what the focus is when you're brought in into a CEO's room and say, guy, this is what you got to get done? I mean, this is yeah. Allison. I can say that we view this as a, um, this is, it's not fundamentally a cost of doing business. I mean, there are aspects of the job that are a cost of doing business, but if we can't extract value out of data, uh, you know, we're doing something wrong. Um, so there's, so initially we've got, like other banks, we're, we've got the defense uh, aspect where we're shoring up some regulatory things, but moving on from that, um, there's incredible efficiencies to be gained by centralizing data, having one source of the truth, decommissioning systems, um, the savings from that, eliminating manual processes. So we're actually creating a data scorecard that we're going to share with our governance um, uh, structure to be able to demonstrate the value, the actual bottom line value of having this organization. So I think if you think of it as a cost, um, then you're probably not, you probably don't have the right um, mindset about the value that data can can bring. So, so there's the efficiency play and then um, you know, as, as Kara mentioned, uh, there's the whole world of analytics and innovation that I think the CDOs are in a great position to be able to champion and to help drive an insight, uh, insight-oriented culture. Uh, so I, I think there's tremendous upside from a financial perspective, and if you don't go into the job thinking that, um, then I think we're really under-delivering on what the, what the uh, potential is for this role. So, Stuart, uh, given that this is the state of the chief data officer, that means we are. So, Alison, well said uh, what you just mentioned. Is this being practiced? Do you see that you are able to go back to your CIO or CEO and say, look, our team actually delivered competitive advantage. Our team brought these new ways of doing business or, or, or figuring out how we can uh, create new revenue streams, et cetera, et cetera, which will essentially make everyone proud that, yes, this was an investment versus just an efficiency play. Yes, Sanjay, that's it's just a great question, and that's really, that's really the bottom line in terms of what inspires me to come to work every day um, and, you know, for all these years. And, and, and for, for us at MSK, you know, we're, we're a cancer hospital, and our bottom line you know, is obviously we're a business, but where my team really excels at is really helping patients um, in terms of their care, getting them on, on research studies. And what my team has been able to demonstrate over the years is how do we collaborate with a researcher in order to identify patients for clinical trials using data. So because we have this vast amount of data, we've been able to come up with solutions 
that have put MSK above all other institutions in terms of being able to accrue patients to genomic trials or immunotherapy trials, things like that. And that's the sort of value add that we're getting. Sometimes it's hard to measure with dollars and cents, but when you have the top researchers in your hospital present, you know, going across the world saying because of this team that uh, is under Stu, um, we're able to get more patients onto trial save lives, and, and, you know, and that, that really, from, from my perspective, is what made me you know, happy to come to work for the past 20 years. Having said that, you know, there's always the ROI um, that comes from the COO side, and we're doing a lot, you know, especially recently in terms of how do we, how do we say, how are we making data more valuable to the, uh, the institution in terms of saving resources, saving time, saving FTEs. So a lot of our efforts uh, in the last two years especially have been to demonstrate how um, whereas we used to have five to ten RSAs that needed to manually look through charts to get information, we can now automate those processes and save three, four, five, fifty, fifty positions. So there's really two sides of the coin from my perspective as the CDO of MSK. So, Bala, when we look at the execution, so this is great that there is a potential and there are some results that organizations are getting when they are getting the CDO to help develop the top line growth or some sort of a competitive advantage. But there are many other execution related challenges because CDO doesn't really own any business process. And if they want to have that changed show, by showing events, okay, I bring some, some data to, to a business unit leader and say, okay, this is what's happening and this is what the change you have to bring about. So are these the ones who are just supposed to show the data and wait, twiddle their thumbs while the business goes and makes the change and then show the results? Because they are going to be rewarded based on the final results and not that how great an analytics report looked like. Right. So when it comes to data, um, it, is, it is bringing the organizational awareness so it is not you, you bring up something uh, to a bus- particular business unit and wait for them to act on it. Uh, it's the, the other way. You, you are the facilitator. You bring different business units together, which are operating as silos. And you, since you are the centralized data management practice, you uh, facilitate a meeting or facilitate the knowledge flow between different business units so that uh, one business unit knows what the other business unit is doing and what's different and what's same. So you are the facilitator. So from the beginning to the end of whatever business question that you are trying to answer, the CDO and the organization, CDO's organization is engaged. Um, You are at each step um, as a CDO, you know more about, let's say you are engaging three business units, you know, a line of business, loan origination, finance, and risk. Individually, whatever they know, you know much more than that. That is where the synergy comes. So at each step of the process, you facilitate and you regurgitate what they said, but then now they have more knowledge about the enterprise than just their silo organization. And that is how you contribute uh, your value uh, instead of, you know, just highlighting something and just twiddling the thumb. You are involved in the business processes uh, across the enterprise, not just in the individual department, but across the enterprise. Interesting. So, Alison, given a scenario where you know more than any of the business units combined, and so you gain credibility and respect among them. But then when you say, okay, this is great, I've told you or I've shared with you what we could be doing differently, and then you want them to push ahead, do you think you are able to, based on that credibility, bring about change, or are there other skills and competencies or other sponsorships that you need in order for you to see the end result? Because just you being an advisor is not going to justify the cost of a CDO and their organization in the company. So uh, first, I think um, I might question, do I know more? I think what, what I have is a broader perspective on the enterprise's data from a holistic standpoint. The business obviously knows its own data in its, in its area better, I, but, but what the CDO has is the, the macro picture. Um, and I think what the CDO, I mean, if you keep up with industry practices and you see, like, what's out there, um, you know, certainly there are the, the you know, web-based companies 
companies that have that have data built into their cultures, Google, Facebook, and so forth. But you know, to companies where that may not have always been the case, um, you know, one of the roles that I see is you know being really understanding what's out on the market. There are a lot of very interesting data-focused, targeted solutions around things like risk, um, supply chain management, HR, pricing. Um, I can help uh, facilitate bringing that to the business and showing how we how we can use data, uh, the data that we're aggregating across silos into a central warehouse. You know the value that that can bring when we you know partner with uh, with other providers who can bring us integ- very interesting solutions that can solve problems that we weren't able to solve before. So I think that um, I, I think that we can help. Um, accelerate innovation by being um, advocates and being um, knowledgeable about the trends in the industry and and having good networks of people uh, you know across the data ecosystem externally and and bringing those solutions to our own companies um, so I see that sort of role of le- that's leadership and that's advocacy and that's helping uh, provide solutions to the business um, so so I see this as uh, we're here to help. We're here to enable. Um, we're not here to own, but we're here to help enable and drive. That's that's how I see it. So, Kara, one is to be uh, going into a meeting and or talking to your business unit leaders to say, whatever you have today, this is what, uh, based on what we collected and analyzed, this is what it looks like. And then you mm-hmm. say, okay, these are the trends, the macro picture, and game credibility, etc. But then there are many other things that have to be fundamentally changed as a result of your analysis, which could mean the way the data gets created, the kind Mm -hmm. of definitions that were created or standards. And that requires a fundamental shifting of how a business is operating or how they are generating data or Mm -hmm. sharing data within their business unit. Now, that requires you literally to be not exactly taking over, but working very closely with the business unit leader. And that business unit leader will say, for years I have been doing whatever I've done. I understand the value of CDO giving me the macro picture and how I can talk to other people, but why am I supposed to go and change fundamentally what I even did at a business process level, which allowed me to generate data in a certain way? Because the work has been working, the work was happening. Right. Right. I think that's an interesting question. I think that's something that we discuss internally quite often. It's the old adage of garbage in, garbage out. Uh, So when we're looking at these business processes and we're at the tail end of the process consuming the, you know, data for integration and, and ensuring good quality, we can see that there's problems upstream. And we can understand that changing business process, even changing behavior, is going to be very difficult in an institution as large as ours at Bank of the West and even larger institutions. So really, you know, what the CDO organization can do is, is work with those lines of business and really work with the folks that understand how each hop on the data journey happens and are there opportunities for us to go in and simplify processes? You know, let's, let's face the reality. There's always going to be manual touch points. You know, a, a complete straight through processing is the CDO dream, but uh, that's not reality. And what we need to, to figure out as an organization is how do we simplify these processes? How do we reduce the amount of hops that data takes? Because the more hops you have, the more quality issues you have. And, you know, to get back to your question, it's working with those business lines to really, business line heads, to really understand this is actually your data journey, and these are the decisions we're making off your data, and here's a picture of your data quality. We want to help you start to streamline some of these things because we can improve it. Now, I think Bank of the West has done a great job, especially in the last two years, in terms of you know remediating a lot of this, implementing more automation, and 
I think, you know, as with many institutions, we still have a way to go, but we do have, you know, a commitment to a simpler way of moving data throughout the organization and ensuring good quality. We finally have pictures of our data quality and what it really means. And, and you know, also we have a remediation loop. So it's not just okay, we've found some bad stuff and, you know, this is, this is how bad it is. We can show, you know, our functional heads and, and lines of business. We can say, let's work with you to fix this through our governance practice. We have a working group that's very focused on just data remediation and we really strive to, to help them with, you know, automation, business process improvement, uh, you know, as the data goes through its journey. So I think that's, that's really where we're at. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And, and Stu, the question for you will be when we come back is governance, continuous quality improvement. Many of these things are seen as cost traditionally or also an overhead. And CDO is saying that before I can show you the results, I got to go and clean the house across the board and do some deep cleaning, which will require to, us to put the money up front. God bless, how will we get that funding? Because there is no sign of a hard ROI. So if I were to say the hard ROI of CDOs in, uh, you know, introduction and the effort that they put in. If you don't have that, you don't have the business case. And if you don't have the business case, nobody's going to fund it. How do you get over that hurdle? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoe Gall. Now, back to the show. So, Stu, million dollar question for you. How do you get the money from, how do you bell the cat and get money for things which are governance, continuous improvement type of promises? Yeah, it's a it's a great question, Sanjo, and, and something I deal with every year during budget season. Um, but we, you know, we've been fortunate at MSK. We've had support from the top, um, you know, in terms of building an EDW team, building a data delivery team, and essentially moving towards the, the model of, of, you know, putting a CDO in place. So we've been fortunate, you know, in terms of the funding, but over the years, you know, we have had to demonstrate the, the worth of the team. And um, the worth of the team uh, is demonstrated based on how we've helped the operations, how we've helped the, the physicians, how we've helped the researchers over the years. Um, as I mentioned before, it's, it's a little hard to quantify specific ROIs because a lot of the benefits we bring um, are, are more intangible. Um, we're helping patients. We're helping docs. Um, when, we have, we, when we have physician champions who are going to our CEO, CEO and board um, saying and presenting how, how the, the um, deliverables that are coming from the CDO team are helping their, their, their job and make their, their journey easier, that's really the justification we get that, that allows um, the, the executives at MSK to say, you know, we really need to build this team more because they're adding so much value, um, you know, with, with regards to all the intangibles that we're describing. So a little, a little different use case than, than dollars and cents. But um, we've been able to demonstrate over the years, and you know, our team has, you know, gone from one or two to now um, upwards of 15, and and really as, and we're also like a central cog in terms of pulling other teams together. So I, I think community building, and bringing people together, and justifying, um, being able to justify all the great things that we're doing, has really demonstrated that worth um, of my team to to the leadership at MSK. 
Sankar, if you were to look at what CDO has to truly deliver at the end of the day is that, you know, macro picture with clear, clean data, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of background uh, or work that needs to be done. A lot of digging needs to be done. And, and before you are able to say, okay, this is what we can produce, which will help the organization go forward, it could take much longer. We are living in a day and age where we have to fail small, fail fast. What do you do in terms of showing the quick wins in your space as a CDO, unlike a CIO or any others who can have a small project, show some results, and life is good? Allison, why don't you take it? Yeah, so so I think that's interesting. Um, so I was just in a meeting this morning. We have uh, you know twelve to eighteen months project to enhance our data warehouse, and we realize that we can't wait to deliver value in eighteen months. So we're deliberately building in milestones that will deliver um, quick wins to different business units, give them access to data that they didn't have all uh, aggregated in a central source as a as a, as a trusted source. So I think that when you design projects, uh, you have to design them with uh, continual, you have to design them uh, with shorter cycles and shorter deliveries of, uh, of value to the business. Um, and also, there's a testing and learning that goes, that goes on when you, when you operate in that manner so that you're not uh, building something and then you find out, you know, 18 months from now, you didn't build what you, you intended. So I think you have to be very focused on, you know, keeping it real, keeping it business business-focused, engaging the business, making sure you're delivering to them something that's going to create value for them. You know, it, it, you talk a lot about the monetization of what we're doing and the, co- and the cost of these organizations, but when you find uh, data quality issues, um, you know, you can uncover uh, significant opportunities for um you know, lost revenue, um, you know, many different, you know, we've seen scenarios where uh, having uh, some data wrong uh, is causing the bank to, to, you know, lose money. So, I mean, there's definitely ways that you can demonstrate before you even get into the realm of analytics, which I think shows great promise. Uh, there's a lot of ways that you can show the value of, of the work being done. It's not, it's not just, um, you know, taking care of data as a cost. It's it's really enabling the bank to, to operate more efficiently um, with more confidence about its data and enabling us to make decisions in a much smarter way and uh, derive insights that we never had the capacity to do. Kara, if I were to look at any organization today, they, while would love to have that clean, pristine approach to how data is is existing and, and how the whole organization is tightly integrated, but that also takes away the, the nimble and the agile organizational um, you know, level that we want to have so that we can react quickly to the market. Do you think... By introducing CDO, we slow down the organization and because there's a requirement for us to integrate or is there a way to stay nimble, react quickly and still have that pristine uh, state because pristine state can only be achieved when you have things stable and frankly, most organizations and the marketplace is not stable. Mm. I think that's an interesting question, especially the follow-on to what Allison was talking about in terms of, you know, giving deliverables that are early on from a capability standpoint. You know, the CDO organization, while we are instituting governance and controls along the way, we want to also make sure that we can have an agile process uh, to make sure that we have that flexibility so that we can continue to do great business with our customers, uh, continue to service them as we have great relationships with them, but also make sure that we're protecting them. And so, you know, as we build out our data strategy, we're looking, similar to Allison, to give, you know, interim capabilities and making sure that we can continue to move fast while we continue to have a, a, a good quality and control uh, environment around data. So I think it's a, it's a balance. It's never easy. Uh, but I think if you have the right focus and if you have uh, the right change agents, I think you're on your way to making sure that you can strike that balance and be more flexible. 
All right. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, uh, all four of you, the, the top uh, rock star CDOs that I had on the show today, Allison, Kara, Stuart, and Bala, for sharing your thoughts on what's the state of the chief data officer uh, today as we speak, and also what is the value that they can bring and are bringing to the organizations. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And listeners, please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and do join our LinkedIn group. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CIO Talk Network. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening. 